in three and two and one. Hi, everybody. Thanks for sitting down with me today for this podcast. I appreciate it very much. It's good to be with you again. I'm Tim Anderson, the appraiser's advocate. We're talking real estate appraisal, and we call this one, well, we just call it some questions and some answers. We call it some questions and some answers simply because people ask me questions and I'm going to give answers. So they're common questions, questions a lot of appraisers ask, and quite frankly, they deserve answers. So that's why we're here today. Here's the first question. Why can't somebody give me a definitive answer about what is supposed to be in my work file? One of the reasons somebody can't give you a definitive answer about what's supposed to be in your work file is because, well, to put it bluntly, nobody knows. The issue is simply this. USPAP makes it clear that everything you do, say, touch, feel, think, hear, etc. needs to be in your work file, but that's still awfully general, so we're going to get into some of that in a minute. The GSEs are not clear on this at all. They just assume that everything is going to be in the work file, so they really don't address the issue. Basically, the only person who can decide what needs to be in the work file is the appraiser. You are that person. So let's talk about generally what has to be in the work file. Now, first of all, what's important is that every fact you use in the appraisal, as well as every statement of fact you make in the appraisal report, must have direct and relevant support via logic and reasoning. And this support, this logic, this reasoning must be in the work file. Let's get into a little bit more detail. You got to have your comparable sales in there. Well, that's just, that's obvious. That's a no brainer. But then you've got to have the adjustments to the comparable sales. Now, let's get into a little more detail here that typically we don't get into when we're answering this question. Not only must the adjustments be there, but there also must be two more items in there. First of all, What must be there are the analyses that led you to conclude that an adjustment was even necessary. Because let's face it, just because there is a difference between a comparable and the subject does not in and of itself mean there has to be an adjustment. Then the derivation of the adjustment has to be there as well. Now, typically what happens is appraisers will noodle out an adjustment. Uh, This may be through paired sales, it may be through statistics, through old files, whatever. The point is, whatever processes you went through, whatever logic, whatever reasoning you followed, whatever support there is for those adjustments must be in the work file, including the iterations, including your notes, so on and so forth. It's important that your analysis of the market be in the work file because USPAP asks us to come up with trends. This is how we help the client understand what's going on in the neighborhood, by telling the client what the trends are. So we have to understand those trends. And quite frankly, those trends, our ability to recognize them, our ability to verbalize them, and by that I mean write them in the report, really comes from engaging in all three approaches to value. And you'll find out in a minute why this is true. Something else you have to have in the work file is your highest and best use. Remember, 
Highest and best use encompasses two conclusions, highest and best use as if vacant and highest and best use as improved. And chances are the two are not the same if for no other reason you can't build a used house new on the site if it were vacant. Remember as well that Standards Rule 2-2812 calls for us appraisers, quote, to summarize the support and rationale, unquote, for that highest and best use opinion. Therefore, in the work file, we've got to chronicle the full set of data and analyses in which we engaged to arrive at the highest and best use conclusions. As some people call it highest and best use opinions, that's perfectly okay. USPAP refers to highest and best use as an opinion. We've talked about the necessity to chronicle market trends. In other words, prices are going up, prices are stable, prices are going down. Okay, that's not hard to figure out. You can get that from reading the newspaper. The question is, if anybody reads newspapers anymore, the question is, why are prices going up or down? Or why are prices stable? That's the issue. It's this why, asking the question why, getting the answer to the question why, that differentiates us from AVMs, from evaluations, etc. We have to talk about demand and supply factors. Now, demand is pretty simple. We can go to MLS and we can look at the number of sales that took place in any neighborhood over the past 12 months. That pretty much gives us demand. We have trouble with supply factors. So basically what that is going to require is if you're in an established neighborhood, chances are you can go back and look at how many houses came on the market every year for the past five years. That's going to give you a, a look at supply. If you're dealing with a brand new neighborhood, you ask the builder, how many houses are you planning on building this year or in the next six months or whatever? And the builder may or may not tell you, but that's how you get the supply factor. Another important secret to share with the client is the life cycle of the neighborhood. Is it increasing? Is it stable? Is it decreasing? But more importantly, why is that neighborhood at point X in the life cycle? That's what's important. Those are the data we have to have in the work file. We also have to have the subject's legal, economic, and physical characteristics, as well as those of the comparable sales. Now, this would include any functional depreciation. If you think the property has a functional depreciation issue, explain it. Disclose it to the client and explain it. Explain that it exists. Explain why it exists. And explain how you came to that conclusion. The same thing is true for external obsolescence. Now, this is a little bit harder to prove, quite frankly, but we're looking at an external obsolescence factor right now. Now, I'm recording this at the end of June of 2023, and we're still looking at a situation where interest rates are dynamically hovering around 7%, whereas 18 months ago, they were as low as 3%. This has obviously slowed the market and builders are not building, buyers are not buying because if they've got a relatively low mortgage, why should they sell and buy knowing that their mortgage is going to go up substantially? So as a result, the market is slow. This is an external obsolescence factor. That's a function of interest rates. How about rental rates? Now, typically we don't look at rental rates, even though those data are available. 
they're typically in MLS. There are other places to get them as well. When we look at the rental rates, we're looking at trends. We're going to look at rental rates now. We're going to look at rental rates a year ago. We're going to look at rental rates two years ago. Are they up, down, stable? And then more importantly, why? This is part of the market trend analysis that our clients look to us to help them with. Are there any zoning restrictions, deed restrictions, HOA restrictions? Are there any building moratoria in place that would stop somebody from developing the site if it were vacant today? Those are all the subject's legal, economic, and physical characteristics, and we have to analyze those and then summarize our analyses of those factors in the appraisal report so the client is aware of them. Now, this next content of your appraisal report is something that has always been true, but is not something we've really talked about, and those are data filters. Now, what I mean by this is your house is a 3-2. You're probably going to look at the 2-2s, and you're probably going to look at the 4-3s, but you're not going to look very hard. And by saying, I'm really not going to look at those very hard because they're not like the subject, that's a filter. So it's important that you have in the work file not only the filters you applied, but why you applied them. So uh, filters such as house size, GLA, lot size, number of bedrooms and bathrooms, number of garage stalls, etc. Those are all filters. When you apply them to the data to narrow it down, to narrow your choices down to properties that are as alike as the subject is possible, those are filters. You need to have those in your work file and why you chose them and how you applied them. It's important to indicate that when there is a difference between a subject and a comp, but you chose not to make an adjustment, why you chose not to make an adjustment. Remember, an adjustment of zero is an adjustment and it must have market support. I want to talk now a little bit about iterations. An iteration is the time adjustment isn't clear. Let me adjust everything up at 3% a year, at 4% a year, at 5% a year. Oh, okay, at 5% a year, the market makes a lot more sense than at a lesser rate. Well, that's an iteration. In the work file should be why it was necessary to engage in those iterations and then even more importantly what those iterations included. You're going to include confirmation data. Who did you call? The date you called? What questions did you ask? Did you get a hold of the broker? One of the principals? Did you call the builder? Was it a title company? Those are the information you need to include in the report because that's what the state investigator is going to look for. The state investigator is going to want to know who you confirm the data with. And when you can say, oh, yes, I called the broker on thus and such a date and asked the questions using the definition of market value as a model for the questions I should ask, and here are all the answers that I got chronicled in the work file, then the investigator is pretty much going to have to move on. Now, we've covered a lot of area in this particular podcast. There are more questions. We'll raise those. But the point is, keep everything in your work file. If you see it, smell it, taste it, touch it, keep it in your work file. If you don't use it, keep it in your work file. If you use it, keep it in your work file. If you apply a 5% time adjustment, 
okay, keep in the work file why you chose 5%. And that usually is going to result from having done 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%. Therefore, you went through a series of iterations. You keep those iterations in the work file. When you've got all this stuff in the work file, when a year from now you can open up the work file and reconstruct the logic you went through to arrive at your value conclusion, you know you've got enough stuff in the work file. And that's what's going to protect you against demands from clients and against demands from the state appraisal board. And that's why we go through all of this so you can protect yourself. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. It's always good to be with you. I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. If you need to reach me for any reason, get in touch with me at Tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. I'll enjoy working with you and it will be a pleasure to know you. Let me extend my best to you and your family. And let me leave you please with one more question before we're clear. Is your professional demeanor professional enough? Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. And we are clear.